Jeremiah 32. I'm going to read a couple of verses this morning, and we'll just see what the Lord has in store for us today. Jeremiah chapter 32, and I will read verses 26 and 27. Then came the word of the Lord unto Jeremiah, saying, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. And then came the question that the Lord asked Jeremiah, Is there anything too hard for me? The Lord asked that question a time or two in the Scripture. I believe He asked Abraham the same question. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I feel this morning to speak to you. The Lord impressed this text and really... I suppose the title kind of came to me. This is unusual order for me, but the text and title kind of came to me simultaneously uh, in my home yesterday afternoon, and by the help of the Lord, I feel uh, to minister to you today, and I will choose for a subject even when it seems impossible even when it seems impossible. Now, this message this morning will be what you call uh, the, the term that you may use for, for what I'm about to introduce to you is call and response, meaning I will say a certain phrase and then you can respond with a certain phrase, all right? So it's call and response. You got it? You understand it? So every time I say, even when it seems impossible, you shout back, God can. All right, let's try it. Even when it seems impossible, there you go, you got it. So when I'm preaching this morning, every time I say, even when it seems impossible, well, you almost missed it, see. All right, so I'm going to be preaching, and through the course of my message, from time to time, I'm going to say, even when it seems impossible. There you go. That sounds good. Now, I want you to say it with faith when you say it, all right? Because if I can increase your faith to believe and trust the Lord, miracles can happen. Someone asked, A few weeks ago, someone came to me and said they were asked a question. They said, what is it that makes CLC what it is? What is it that makes CLC CLC? What what is it that makes it different? And it was Sister Chelsea that was sharing this with me. Somebody came to her and said, what is it that makes makes you love CLC so much? She said, well, you just kind of have to experience it. And they said, but if, if you were to sum up one word and say, what, what, tell me what it is that, that I want to experience. If I go there, what's the one thing that I want to experience, and that I'm going to experience? What's the one thing that I think, that you think will stand out the most if I go and visit there? 
And Sister Chelsea said, well, I had to think about it for a few minutes to try to summarize it up in one word. And she said, so I blabbed on for a few minutes, which she's real good at. She's not here, I can say it. And she said, finally, I summarized it. And she said, I said, faith. Faith. And she said that to me. I didn't think much about it. And I was pondering through my mind, what what is it that causes someone to walk in the door and feel faith? And then I began to think. A long, long time ago in my early years of ministry, somebody said, you get what you preach. You get what you preach. And so uh, I started thinking about the the basic the basis of the pulpit ministry here in this church. And if I was to summarize a common theme, it's faith. It's faith. The issue is that if you are going to receive anything from the Lord, it is going to come by faith. Even when it seems impossible, God can. Lord, help us this morning to preach what you've laid upon my heart. Let every heart life be touched. Let every mind, Lord, be filled with faith. Let every heart be filled with faith today that your word may accomplish its purpose. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. David said, when I consider Thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. What is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him? Man in in our frailty struggles with the reality that God is infinite. It's hard for us to wrap our brain around it because we are finite and He is infinite. It's difficult for us to wrap our brain around it and consider that God knows no impossibilities. It's very difficult for us to comprehend because we struggle and we deal with limitations on a regular basis. We we, we are limited in finances. Somebody ought to say amen. We're, we're limited in intellect. We're, we're limited in wisdom. We're, we're limited in resources, but God is not limited. God knows no impossibilities. We, we struggle, but, but God doesn't struggle. We are weak, but He is strong. We struggle with things, but God has no problem and doesn't struggle with the things that we struggle with. Even when it seems impossible, God can. There's none like Him. 1 Chronicles chapter 17 says, There's none like Thee, neither is there any God beside Thee. According to all that we have heard with our ears. I can tell you this morning that there is nobody like the Lord. There is nobody like 
Jesus. Psalm 86 says, Among the gods, little g, there's none like unto thee. People can make gods out of all sorts of things, but there is no God like the Lord. O Lord, neither are there any works like unto thy works. There is nobody that can do what the Lord can do. Nobody can do what God can do. He, he's not struggling. He's not incapable. He's not stressed out. He's not frustrated. Even when it seems impossible, God can still handle every situation. Isaiah 46, he declares, I am God and there is none like unto me. I come this morning to remind you that no matter what it is, there is nothing that is impossible with the Lord. I want to tell you, you can seek after every God in that you want to seek after, but you're never going to find a God like the Lord Jesus. You're never going to find satisfaction in money. Fame is never going to accomplish what you're hoping it's going to accomplish. Big bank accounts, big estates, it, nothing is going to get you to the point that you really are satisfied where you are. You're always going to be reaching for more, always wanting more. Only Jesus can satisfy your soul. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is no God like our God. I want you to know that Allah can't heal you. Buddha can't heal you. He can't deliver you from an addiction. The name of Hare Krishna is not going to save you. The revelation of Joseph Smith is not going to help you get anywhere. Mid-Eastern religion doesn't hold power to set you free. Only Jesus has the power to set you free. Even when it seems impossible, God can. There is only one that can. And his name is Jesus. And he is alive and on the throne. He, he, he fills all time and space. He knows no limitations. He can do anything. There's nothing. That my God cannot do. All we need to do is appropriate the power that is in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name that we must apply to every situation. There is healing in the name of Jesus. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. There is deliverance in the name of Jesus. There is salvation in the name of Jesus. He knows no impossibility. He is not limited. When you call on the name of Jesus, even demons would have to tremble. We used to sing an old song, In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we have the victory. In the name of Jesus, demons have to flee. Tell me who can stand before when we call on His great name. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, we have the victory. I want you to understand something. The thing that you're struggling with is no match for the name of Jesus. 
the thing you are struggling with this morning is no comparison to the name of Jesus. When you speak the name of Jesus, hell trembles. When you speak the name of Jesus, heaven stands to attention. When you speak the name of Jesus, everything in earth begins to listen. Uh, I want you to understand something today. that You don't have to have fancy prayer languages. <laughs> you don't have to have fancy words to use. You don't have to be eloquent in your speech. Oh no, thank the Lord. I've been driving down the road before. And just before an accident happened, I don't have time to begin our Father which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And continue on. All I got time to do is just say, Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Never forget one time I was driving. I had nowhere to go. There's a situation that transpired. I had nowhere to go. There was an accident that transpired in front of me. It happened. All of a sudden, it was raining. And uh, there was an accident involving two semis that were right in front of us. We were going down the interstate and probably driving a little too fast and maybe driving a little too close to the vehicles in front of us. I saw sparks fly as the semi in front of me hit a parked van that was parked over on the, on the median side. I saw the sparks fly and then I realized that the, that the, the semi was jackknifed and was going down the road jackknifed, and then it went across, and then it hit the semi next to it. That semi went over and hit a bridge. They came off the bridge, headed back toward the other semi. They opened up, and I ended up between them. There was a semi on my left that was coming toward me, and a semi on my right that was coming toward me. And all my wife and I had time to do was just scream the name of Jesus. I don't know exactly how it happened. All I know is they hit in front of us, just right in front of us, and they hit again behind us. Somehow, we went right through the middle of the accident. We got out the other side. I pulled off of the road. There was a convenience store, and I'd never stopped until I pulled into the lights of the convenience store. And I jumped out, and there was a man there. And he, I said, somebody needs to call uh, for... for uh, uh, emergency call 911 there's been a very serious accident he said man I know it happened right behind me he said I just pulled off here I said man it happened right in front of me I said it was all around me it was chaos he said what in the world what do you mean he said it couldn't have happened in front of you you mean it were you on the side road I said no I was right in the middle of it he said you couldn't have been in the middle of that and been able to gotten through I don't believe your story 
story. As a matter of fact, he called me a liar. He didn't even believe that it was possible. Here is the idea, the things that are impossible, the things that seem impossible, and the things that are impossible with man are still possible with the Lord. I don't know how, I don't know how he accomplished it, but all I know was that God made a way out of no way. I want to encourage somebody this morning to trust God in your situation, whatever it may be. When you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, get enough faith this morning to know God's got this. God is walking with me through this. God's going to make a way out of no way. God can do anything. I've told people for all the years of my ministry, people who says, well, it's impossible. (laughs) Even when it seems impossible. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't want this to seem silly to you this morning because this is the idea I want you to get. If you can get a God can in your spirit... To every situation that you deal with when it seems impossible and you just say, "Mm -hmm, God can. It will revolutionize your future. Because a faithless generation will never know the power of God. A faithless individual will never see the miraculous power of God. Somebody was talking to me some time ago. And they were talking about the miracles, signs and wonders that certain individuals experience. I said, I don't have a problem preaching about faith. I don't have a problem with trusting the Lord and praying about faith and speaking a word of faith. I think the difference between some of the ministries that see the miraculous happen on a regular basis and some of the rest of us is that when we get to the point of saying, take up thy bed and walk. You know, when we encounter the lame man, we say, well, I'm going to pray for you. God's able. I'm going to believe the Lord with you. God's able to raise you up. We may even tell a story of God raising somebody up. But when it comes to the point of saying, go ahead and get out of the wheelchair. Uh, that's a whole different level of faith. And the reason that you hear stories of people like Lee Stone King and, and, and some of the miracles of Lee Stone King and Billy Cole and some of these great elders of faith, T.W. Barnes, some of these great men of faith, was that they had the confidence in God that when they prayed in the name of Jesus, They would look at them and say, you are healed. Take up that bed and walk. Get up out of the wheelchair and walk. In the name of Jesus, blind eyes open. Deaf ears open. 
Oh, now I can preach all of this and you'll write with me and get all excited with me when we talk about it. But when it comes down to the rubber meeting the road in your family, when you don't know how you're going to pay your bills next month and you don't know how you're going to deal with the family issue and the crisis in your home that you're not sure how you're going to deal with, if you'll begin to speak to the mountain, if you'll begin to declare it in the name of the Lord, God's going to make a way. Go ahead and get ready. God's going to make a way. I say that I, I, I share this with you with reservation this morning because I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea with the story I'm about to share. There was a point. When we had $600 in the bank and $1,300 worth of bills to pay. I was sitting at my desk looking at the bills and looking at the bank tally wondering how in the world are we going to be able to make it? And some boldness came over me, and I said, write the check. Well, I can't write the check. There's no money in the bank. Write the check. God's going to make a way. There's about four or five of you with me this morning. There's some disconnecting from the train this morning because you think pastor's getting wild in faith again today. But I'm trying to tell you a little principle. David said, I one time was young and now I'm old. In other words, he said, I've lived a full life and I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. I come this morning to remind somebody, you need to go home and declare in the name of the Lord. I don't know how it's going to happen, but it, and it may even seem impossible, but God is going to make a way in my health, in my finances, in my family. God is going to make a way. I couldn't tell you the number of times I didn't know how I was going to make it. I couldn't tell you the number of times I reached a point of going, I'm not sure. There's two, two, two responses. Either we can bow down in fear and worry and fret and cry and call everybody we know, suck our thumb and tell them how bad life is. Or either we can say, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, this mountain shall be removed. Write the check. Go pack the car. Clean the house. It's about to happen. I'm trying to help somebody this morning that's going through the trial of your faith right now and you're wondering what am I going to do? How am I going to make it? What in the world is the future going to look like? You may not know what the future is going to look like but God knows what the future is going to look like because He's not surprised with the things you're surprised with. He's not caught off guard by the things you're caught off guard with. God knows no impossibilities. 
We used to sing a song, God specializes in things thought impossible. And He will do what no other God can do. Has it been that long you don't know it? Do I need to break out and just sing it for you? God specializes in things thought impossible. And He will do what no other power can do. That's because God knows no impossibilities. When the church begins to pray and God comes on the scene. I want you to know he'll turn sadness to joy, mourning to dancing, tragedy to triumph. I want you to know God has never met a situation that was impossible for him. In creation he turned nothing into matter. How's that going to happen? He did it on his word. With his word he turned darkness to light. He takes the bad in our life and he makes something good from them. And when it is impossible with man it is still possible with the Lord if with a spoken word he creates the whole universe he can create whatever's missing in your life God is so magnificent that he weighed the hills and the mountains in the balances that set in the palm of his hand Everything in nature gives glory to the Lord. Everything, yet man, as frail as we are, even though we are weak, man is the only creature that has the ability to tie the hands of the Lord. Isaiah 43, the Lord said, I'll work. And who will let it? The issue is, is God will work, but you've got to let Him work. Don't claim it's in God's hands when you're worrying over it. Don't claim it's in God's hands when you're struggling with it. When you put it in God's hands, you've got to take your hands off of it. I'm going to just share a little story with you. Last Sunday night, I was called to, the hosp- to, the, to Wesley Manor, to the nursing facility, to pray with Sister Nancy Emery. I don't know if she's in here this morning. I'm looking for to pray with Sister Nancy Emery's family and to pray for her mother. Sister Nancy called and she, before service, and she said, Brother Jordan, Mom's... Breathing is down to about one breath every 40 seconds. And I'd like for you to come by and pray. And I text her back, said, Sister Nancy, I'll be there right after service. Even during the worship service, I turned to my wife and I said, I I almost feel like you may need to go. I'm so concerned that she's not going to last until after after service. As soon as service was over, I was rushing, trying to get done. We ran down just up the road to... The, the nursing facility, and we walked in. And as we were walking in, Sister Nancy's, uh, some of Sister Nancy's family 
was walking out with their pastor who had just been there, and we were walking in. And I, 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 as, as I walked into the room, I thought, well, if a pastor's just walked out, I'm just going to spend a little time. I was there about 30 seconds, about three minutes maybe, uh, and the back, the doors open, and the, the uh, two nurses came in. They had arms loads of, of items, and they said, if you guys could excuse us for a few minutes, we're going to change your bedding and clothes and clean things up here in the room. And um, Sister Nancy spoke up, and she said, well, Brother Jordan uh, is here. My pastor's here. Uh, could you give us a few minutes and let him pray? Uh, before you do that, the nurse says, "Sure, no, no problem." So I was kind of forced to to kind of hurry, and so I said, "Well, if it's all right with with all the family, her sisters were there, and uh, I said, if it's okay with the family, I'm going to just step right up here by the bedside." And I stepped right up by the side of her bed. She hadn't she hadn't moved, uh, hadn't spoken, hasn't hadn't responded to anybody in two days. And I stepped up to the side of the bed and I said, and if it's okay, I'm going to take her by the hand. I reached down with my left hand and I scooped her hand into mine. And the moment that I touched her hand, she jolted in the bed. And she started turning and craning her neck and blinking her eyes. And, uh, of course, at that moment, everybody in the room kind of gasped for breath, and I was trying to catch mine, too. I've prayed for many people in that situation, and it's like praying over a corpse. I've never had anything like that quite happen, and so I just rolled with it. My wife said, oh, my, and Sister Nancy was crying, and, and she said, oh, 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 and uh uh, my wife said, oh, she knows who he is. And I just said, well, of course she knows who I am. And with that, she started squeezing my hand. And she started smiling. And they, the family, of course, was all commenting, oh, look, she's smiling. And she was looking up at me. And, of course, it had been a long time since uh, that she had struggled with Alzheimer's. And so she wouldn't know people who came in anyway. But I walked in and she recognized my voice and recognized me. And the moment I took her by the hands is when she, she came to for just a moment. And I began to pray. And some of you heard me tell a little bit of the story at the funeral. And I began to pray over her. And for about 90 seconds or so, I just prayed fervently like I would pray in church. And she would squeeze my hand and big tears in her eyes. And she would make noise as she was trying to pray. I couldn't hear her. I couldn't tell what she was saying. Only that she was making noise in an attempt trying to speak words, trying to pray. And I prayed over her. And the moment that I finished praying, I just set her hand back down in the bed. And when I turned loose of her hand, she just rolled her head back and looked back up at the ceiling. And she went right back into the state that she was in. The Lord gave us just a few moments. I spoke about it at the funeral. God gave us just a few moments. Uh, news of what had happened traveled. And uh, so my wife or one of my boys shared with Brother Josh Herring, who called me the next day. And uh, he said, Rev, I heard what happened. He said, I want to tell you what the Lord is doing in your ministry. And, and, and I want you to understand some things about what happened. I was all ears. 
I said, I've never had anything quite like that happen. I know it was the hand of the Lord. It certainly had nothing to do with me. But the moment I touched her hand, it was not that... Uh, in a few minutes, she eventually came around. She literally jolted like something had shocked her system. She just jumped in the bed. And uh, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure what had transpired. He said, he took me back. He said, I want you to understand something. He said, remember nine years ago uh, during the awakening, you wrestled with powers and principalities and the prince of the city came and visited you in your home. Some of you have heard the story. And I I said, yes, of course. And he said, remember what he told you? And I said, yes, I remember vividly. He said, and and Brother Heron spoke over me. He said, he said he was going to kill you. He said, for nine years, he wanted to kill you. For nine years, he sought for permission to be able to touch your life, to touch your health, and to kill you. And he said, the Lord would never grant him permission. He said, God had a plan. This, he saw, he, because God sees ahead. He knows everything in the future. He does some things to build our faith. He said, there's a lot that's involved in this. He didn't go into detail. He said, but when you, uh, when, when, when he spoke that to you, he said, he, he had you in his, in his target. He had you in his sights. And uh, he said, while that you uh, have, have just been going about your business, he was looking for any opportunity to be able to take you out. He put his hand on your family. He's put his hand on different individuals around you. He's been trying to get to you. He said on December the 23rd, the Lord granted him permission to touch your life. He said the Lord knew and had a plan that he was going to raise you up. He did that for the purpose of increasing your wife's faith and increasing your son's faith who was the first person that you heard speak life back into your body. He did it for a testimony to be preached all around the world. He said God knew that he was going to bring you back. But for a brief moment, he allowed Satan to touch your life. And that's when you fell lifeless on the floor. He said the reason is you don't have dominion over anything that you have never been able to conquer and been through. He said you did not have dominion over death until death had a hand on you. And God forced the hand of death to come off of you. He said now death knows your name and you have dominion over the power of death I said well thank God I don't know what all that means but it sounds good he said I'm going to tell you what it means he said when you walked into that nursing facility on Sunday evening he said death had a grip on Mrs. Beard death had her by the hand here's what he said he said he was trembling and he was fearful he said but when you stepped up he said the moment you took her by the hand death had to let go of her he said death's had her by the hand but Death had to let go because you had dominion and the dominion took authority over the spirit of death and he said death had to flee for a moment. He said no God had a plan and it was her time. He said that's why when you finished praying and you took your hands off of her death took her hand back again. 
He said, Rev, is what he calls me. He said, Rev, he said, I want you to understand something. He said, hell knows who you are and death knows who you are. He said, this may not be the last time that you deal with this. He said, death came around your church and your church has already conquered the enemy of death. When when death grabbed a hold of Sister Robin, death tried to mess with you and death had to let go of you. He said, I want you to understand something. The power that is in your in your ministry and the power that resides in the ministry of your congregation. Hell is trembling. I want to encourage somebody this morning to understand that if death has to let go, whatever it is that's messing with you, Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost up in here. I know it's Sunday morning. Some of you are wanting to rest. But I come this morning to tell you that when it seems impossible, it's not impossible. When it looks impossible, God still can. Oh, somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Well, he can conquer death. But can he deal with my headaches? It doesn't matter how great or how small. There's a little verse in 1 Samuel, the 14th chapter, that said whether it be small or whether it be great, God is still the God that's got the answer. No matter how big your problem is and no matter how small your problem is, I want you to know this morning, God has it in control. I don't have much time left this morning. Everything that you receive from God comes through faith. The Canaanite woman came to Jesus because she had a daughter that was vexed with devils. The scripture said that she came and worshipped him saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it's not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. She said, truth, Lord. But even the dogs ought to get the crumbs off the table. And the Lord said, woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto you even as thou wilt. My point this morning is that if I could increase your faith, if I could speak a word to inspire faith in you today, there is nothing that could stand in your way. If I could inspire faith in you today to believe God that anything is possible, miracles could happen right here in the room. If I could get you to believe and trust because everything that you receive from God will come by faith. Great faith. I want to point something out to you. I'm trying to minister to somebody this morning. Great faith is not based on how people perceive you. Great faith is the ability to take God at His word. 
Great faith says even when it seems impossible, God can. Great faith is believing that God can do anything. Great faith is removing all limitations off of God. Philippians chapter 4 said, But my God shall supply all your need. I don't know what you need this morning, but my God can supply all of it. God is not blind to your situation. He sees it. He knows it. He understands it. God is not deaf to your prayer. The thing you've been praying over, the thing you've been praying for, God's not deaf to it. He heard you the first time you prayed it. He heard you in the midnight hour. His arm is not short concerning His promises. David declared in Psalm 84, God will not withhold any good thing to them who walk uprightly. The issue is, is that he's working everything for your good. In the process, you may have to go down to death's door to be able to conquer death. But I came today to tell you that if I had to go down to the point that I went to on December 23rd in order for last Sunday night for God to perform a miracle in, four, in front of four unbelieving sisters of Sister Nancy Emery, so be it. Whatever God's got to do. I don't understand God's timing. But this much I do know when it seems in Impossible. God's got it. When it seems like nobody knows where you are, God still got it. When it seems like there is no way out, God still got it. When your back's to the wall, God still got it. Somebody shout, God can. Even though it seems impossible. God can. But here's the idea. Satan, would you give me just a couple more minutes? Satan wants us to believe that he is in control. I'm going to be honest with you. When I walked in, I walked in to comfort a family. I didn't walk in expecting God to raise up a lady that was at death's door. I didn't go in there thinking this is what's going to happen. I didn't go in with some idea of the way things were going to turn out. I've been there before. I'd never seen God raise up anybody at that moment. I'd never seen, I walked in. And one would suppose, so Satan was in charge. He was never in charge. God was in charge all along. As a matter of fact, Satan can't take life. God is in control of life and of death. No man can add to it nor take from it. Some things in your life, you're giving the Satan too much credit. And you're saying, well, the devil's bringing all this on me. Only what God's letting him bring on you. Satan is not in charge. 
It may seem out of control and it may seem like the devil has got a hold on you, but he only has a hold on you until God says let go. Satan could only hold on to Mrs. Beard's hand until I walked in and took her by the hand. I didn't understand what was going on. I had no clue. But a prophet of the Lord spoke and he said when you took her by the hand, he said when you picked up her hand, the devil had to let go of her hand because God is always in control. I come preaching to somebody this morning to tell you the devil doesn't have control of your situation either. God is in control and according to your faith so be it unto you. Somebody throw up your hands and begin to trust God and believe God. God has ordained His people to be free. Come on, God wants you to be free from fear, free from worry, free from doubt, free from depression, free from the bondage of sin. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Somebody shout the name of Jesus. Come on, there's power in the name of Jesus. Somebody let some praise out in the house right now. Jesus is still your way out. Stand with me, I'm done. Wake up all the rest of them. Tell them to stand up. We're going to go home here in a minute. The writer of Hebrews began the chapter with Now unto him who is able. (laughs) Now unto him who is able. The point is, is my God is able. Even when it seems impossible, my God is still able. I want to tell you, he's still able to to part the impassable waters in your life. Paul knew that he was no match for the problems that life could bring. He had a thorn in his flesh. He prayed and the Lord didn't answer. All the Lord said back to him is, Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee. And my strength is made perfect in weakness. I wonder this morning if one is weary, weak, and heavy laden. You've been struggling. You've been going through it. You've been frustrated with it. I want to tell you, you're in good company today. The Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. Matthew 11 said, come unto me. All ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest I could preach on this morning I'm rushing through to a conclusion but I want to tell you that God is still able to make a way out of no way for with God nothing is impossible all things are possible to them That believe. I wonder if somebody this morning right where you are could just reach out and take hold of the hand of the Lord. Come on with faith. Just take the Lord by the hand this morning and declare my problems 
are not going to get the best of me. My discouragement is not going to overwhelm me. Though it seems impossible, it's still possible. Because the Lord is on my side. Because the Lord is on my side. I open these altars this morning. If there's one in the house struggling and weary and heavy laden today, why don't you step from where you are? Why don't you make your way to the front of this room today and declare, it seems impossible to me, but God still can. But God still can. But God still can. Yes. Yes.